now, here, if I could pause you for a second, because I need to pee so bad that it physically hurts. We're keeping this in. of WTF Anime, the show where we're going to watch Two Flies Copulate. I'm as ever your host, Joe, and joining me is Travis. I thought you were trying to add fruit on the end, like you were talking about fruit flies for a second, but apparently not. Uh, Hey guys, what's up? We're back again. Uh, (laughs) Feels good good to be back. (laughs) Yeah, we did just talk for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Uh, well, we started recording 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> we were talking before that, let's be honest. Fair. We're gonna have to start charging people for the shit that we talk about. Like, like you can just chop it off, and that's our Patreon wall. It's just <laughs> the dumb things that we say to each other that make us monsters. Um, <laughs> that is not part of the regular episode. No amount of money allow me to put some of the things that we have said on the internet. Oh, thank God. Thank God. That was, a, that, <laughs> was that was the bourbon talking. It took over for a second. It held me hostage <laughs> and it made a suggestion. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, we should probably at least mention what we watched today, huh? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's going to go from like the name of the show to like dick jokes, so let's let's get it out there. Uh, yeah, week, yeah, let's get that out there, Joe. Mm, yeah. In response to our feelings on prison school, fuck that. We watched a show that is, I would say, sort of similar in premise, but plays it very differently. So we watched episode one of Shimonetta, a boring world where the concept of dirty jokes doesn't exist. Is it that it doesn't exist or it's outlawed, I would say? W- would probably be a better descriptor. That's that's the name of the show, dog. That, what? That's the whole name of the show? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! Japan! And your naming conventions! Again! Jesus Christ! It's a name, it's not a paragraph. We're not writing a thesis statement, stop that! It's not even the longest name of an anime show out there. I don't care! The point still stands! <laughs> So as the name might suggest, this show is about a world where dirty jokes are outlawed, I guess, rather than not existing. Um, and we kind of want to jump into the episode. We kind of get that pretty early on, where there are some dudes, like, hunched around a bunch of porn magazines. Presumably they, like, found them under a log uh, oh, in man. some bushes. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that I was going to really enjoy this just on the opening scene, because... They're they're all hanging out and they're like, oh yeah. And then one guy goes, let's open this Dick Sizzler. And I, oh man, the moment they said Dick Sizzler, I was like, yes, yes, this, this is so dumb. I love it. <laughs> 
By the way, the next <laughs> the next time I make a role playing character, that character's name is one hundred percent Dick Sizzler. Dick Sizzler, PI. Definitely, that is what's happening. We're we're playing Gumshoe Joe. I'm playing Dick <laughs> Sizzler, PI. <laughs> so yeah. One of them says the phrase Dick Sizzler, which is fantastic, and these little collars on their necks like start bleeping, and we get like intermittent cuts of a SWAT team, basically. Yeah, a SWAT team. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like they're they're hooking up their carabiners to to repel down the side of a building. <laughs> God, it's very good. <laughs> and then they cut back to the guys who are like, "Wait, you can't say Dick Sizzler!" And then the other guy goes. Well, 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 you said Dick Sizzler too, and like they're all freaking out. Like we gotta hide the porn. <laughs> yeah, make sure our treasure is safe. <laughs> right. Oh man. And then the decency squad roll up and uh, pays a motherfucker. You know, can I tell you one thing that this made me think of a lot is back in the uh, a very long time ago at this point, uh, Guar did an album where the entire. Uh, like, enemy that they were facing, because, you know, that's how Guard do, uh, was the God Squad, and it was led by Cardinal Sin. And these guys just make me think of the God Squad, like, like morally policing. And that whole album was actually about them being tried for indecency in North Carolina because of Otis's big fake schlong. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it is it is topic relevant to this anime. <laughs> I mean, there's a ninja sex party song where they go to the future and touching has been outlawed called 6969, and it's a riff on uh, Rush's 2112, so... Nice! <laughs> you shoot, shoot me that sometime. I, I, I'll take a peek at that. I'm in. Steel Panther play, like, the council of people that, like, outlawed sex. It's very funny. That seems like the people that would not outlaw sex. <laughs> they are, like, a parody of the 80s. <laughs> I feel like that's that's the joke of casting them in that role. I think so. Like, is this how comedy works? Have we figured it out? <gasps> we cracked the code! Did we just do a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> we did one comedy. One unit of comedy has been done. <laughs> I promise you that we actually really like this episode and we're not avoiding talking about it. It's just been a minute since we've got to get together and we're a little loopy because of it. <laughs> so, uh, we come from there into like a, here is like the big exposition on the world. Like, uh, a bill was passed in Japan where lewd words and sexual content were outlawed uh, to preserve the decency of humankind. I, I watched both the sub and the dub, and there are a few interesting points that I want to bring up at some point. But one of the big things was like, um, I don't remember if in the English, like, they made this explicitly clear, but they definitely do it in the Japanese, where it's like, in public, you can't be indecent. Also, in private. Yeah, uh, this dystopian world, I mean, as much as this is a big joke, sounds like a fucking horror show to me. Like, <laughs> if you were to, like, for real think about how this is supposed to work, this is, this is scary. Yeah, and there's, like, a super 1984, like, vibe to it as well, because everyone has, like, these devices on their necks. They are forced to wear them, and, like, they feed information back to, like, this, back to, like, the governing body. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anti-perv Big Brother is always watching. <laughs> so, so after, like, the little bit of exposition, um, we 
cut into um, Tokyo Go or Tokyoko uh, Academy. Um, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like heralded as like the greatest bastion of decency in the world in Japan. Yes, they they literally rank the schools on their moral purity. Uh, it, it, it's a point. It's a point that will come up later. We have our main character taking the entrance exam, and his entire reasoning for wanting to get into this school is because he met a girl once and was like, "I respect that girl. I'm going to follow her into the ends of the earth." Yeah, he's a uh, he's like creepy boyfriend level on her, kind of like. He he worships her as a goddess because he like met her once. <laughs> uh, so there's a great bit when he's taking the test. Like one of the questions is uh, how are babies made, um, and it's like when a man loves a woman in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, they like hold hands and stand a balloon width apart, and then baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which. You know what? Hey, if you're swang- swanging something that's a balloon with a part, good on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, good luck trying to find a date because that uh, that is that's a big hill to climb. But uh, you know, good on you. You freaking nature. <laughs> oh man, Th- this episode watching it, I liked it so much. I just want to sit around and make dick jokes. That's all I want to do right now. <laughs> It's it's very contagious. It is. Uh, pr- presumably, this guy is like admitted into the school, and um, we see the monorail. Um, like in this new age of Tokyo, like they're just like monorails. That's what we build. Don't make me. Don't make me start singing Simpson songs. Okay. <laughs> Keep mentioning. If the temptation's there, go for it. Like. <laughs> I mean, monorail, monorail, monorail. <laughs> Uh, so, so a woman on the train is, like, accusing a dude of, like, groping her, but in, like, this, god, like, this super weird, like, clean way. Uh, I think in the Japanese they say, you touched my gluteus maximus, as, and the English, like, says something bum-bum place. Yeah, you touched me in my bum-bum area. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's causing a big scandal when everyone's like, doesn't he know that touching women is a crime? This is played full up for comedy, but, like, if you wanted to write this again and go down the dark path, this is just The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Basically. I'm not wrong, Joe. I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is. But anyways, let's get back to the comedy. <laughs> Holy shit. What? What if Psychopaths and this took place in the same universe? Wow. Um, you know what? It, this is probably the precursor. This is the prequel to Psychopaths. And then society gets even more extreme and they monitor your thoughts because the technology has moved on. We don't need the little throat choker things that uh, tell us when you're a perv anymore. We can just monitor what's going on in your brain. Holy crap, we did it. We connected the two. The Shimonetta expanded universe. <laughs> <laughs> Our main character who does have a name, I'm sure, um, because it's something to do with Tanuki, and it's very important later. No, it's straight up Tanuki. His first name is Tanuki Okuma, is is his last name. Uh, So he does like a ruse to like get this woman's attention away, and it turns out she was just like... She was grifting the dude, yeah. Yeah, that's another fucked up thing, that she's just like, yeah, this guy touched me. How are you going to disprove this? I will sue him for millions of dollars. Yeah. Pulls, him off, pulls her off the train and is just like, yes, you can take me to the police immediately, and then plans to escape, 
But he is interrupted by a terrorist attack. And by terrorist attack, we mean a girl in a towel wearing panties on her face. Uh, this is uh, what we come to find out, the infamous Blue Snow. And, uh, oh man, this character is amazing. <laughs> her first line, at least in the English dub, is big cock and balls. <laughs> it really is. And, like, she sings it out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. While she's doing like a like a like a finger wiggle, like I'm I'm cupping cupping a set uh, kind of deal. <laughs> one one thing that I found really interesting in the difference between the uh, the dub and the sub is um, in the dub she yells out big cock and balls and like swears a lot. In the sub, which I think is really funny in its own right, everything is censored. They cut out like parts of her speaking. With just like not like bleeps, but like just weird noises. Like one of them is like a gong, just to cut out a syllable. And both of them have their own merit. Like just this woman yelling out like cockadoodle pussy. But I also love like the censorship angle. I think it actually like adds quite a bit. It it feels to me like you're you're listening to the the radio edit of a rap song. Uh, like a modern <laughs> rap song is basically what you're describing. Yeah. Because I laugh at that. My wife loves like top 40 kind of deal and a lot of that's rap and a lot of it, I mean, they'll throw out whatever song. They'll just hire somebody to put the bleeps in where mm-hmm. they need to. And some of the songs that they choose as singles anymore, um, I can't tell you what the fuck is going on because they punctuate with so many words that we're not allowed to say on the radio that it... <laughs> It almost sounds like there's a weird speech impediment uh, going on, like where they just make random noise, like the most odd case of Tourette's. It's a very hard way to listen to anybody try to complete a thought. <laughs> so I know you you just watched the dub of this. I did. I did. And the voice acting, can I say, I was actually a very big fan of. Uh, it was the right level of over the top for a for what they were trying to get done here. And yeah, the voice actors fucking crushed it. They they got it. The, the one thing I have that is like the Japanese is better totally is the uh, Japanese seiyu has a much better um, Ojo-sama laugh for Blue Snow. Like Jamie Marshy is fine, but like the Jap- whoever the Japanese seiyu just fucking nailed it. Nice. So uh, we should probably talk... Uh, she... she- she dumps a bunch of dirty jokes. We all laugh because in everybody's heart, eventually you get to a certain age and you stop aging internally. You're still mm-hmm. that same 14-year-old that thinks that the word cock is funny. And you're going to laugh at it because cock is a funny word. And it's okay. Cock, cock, cock. It's fine. I would be arrested for a hate crime or terrorism uh, if we were in this world that, that we're talking about right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah... I forget my point now. Like, I got distracted by saying cock, cock, cock. <laughs> I think, in, like, in everything, like, that is just the point to come back on. Yeah. Swearing and sex stuff is inherently funny. It just, it just is. So she rattles off all this stuff and people are, like, freaking out. And that's my favorite part of this is it's, like, like a Godzilla attack scene. Like, people are flipping their shit that she's just saying words. And then she goes, and I've got a gift for you, or or something to that effect. And she whips out a bunch of pieces of paper that you discover have, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say, like, pinup style photos. They're not even, like, like, full nude. It's just, like, a 
girl posed in a provocative position with some some revealing clothing, and people are losing their minds. Yeah, I think she says something along the lines of, here's a parting gift, uh, emphasis on the parts. Actually, that's 100% it. You nailed it. I did it. You did the thing. <laughs> so, um, we go from there, and Okuma escapes, and manages to make it to school on time and there's like a big assembly because it's the start of the new year and we find out the identity of the girl he's been crushing on since he met her as presumably a child uh yeah because they're not they're they're high schoolers because of course they fucking are uh this is an anime everybody is perpetually high school aged in anime (laughs) they don't Mm -hmm. tell stories about adults anyways um like, we'll talk about the student council treasurer, and he's uh, not yeah, a high school student. That dude <laughs> looks like he, he's he's somewhere in his early 30s, <laughs> but he's still in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just very bad at it. They, they keep giving him a, tr- <laughs> a chance, like, they, they just want him to graduate so bad, but he's gotta earn it, he's just, he's just. Every year, he's just not getting it. And now they just look at him like he's sad. And they're like, hey, you're back for another year. He's like, yeah, my kid's here this year, too. <laughs> so so we get a little bit of background on um, Tanuki. Like, apparently he is part of, like, the lowest rated morality school. And there's, like, whispers going on about it. And get, like, a nice cut from Anna doing, like, her... I'm student council president, and there's a really cool cut to him watching it later on, like, a hollow screen. Didn't mention that Anna is, in fact, the girl that he is crushing on. Uh, it is the president of the student body. I think that's what we're dealing with here is... Student council president. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anna is... is this uh, girl that he admires so much and worships on a a creepy level like she's not a human being. (laughs) Look, she's a deity. You get it. Yes, a a god amongst gods. Uh, Like, this dude, like, I don't even want to call it Crush because I feel like he has a shrine to her in his house. It's it's weird, like, they talk about it a bit later, but it's not, like, an attraction thing. At least, like, that's what he says. Like, it's out of respect. Which, in this world, like, I can 100% see, like, someone being like, oh, I really, like, admire that person when it's just boner. Right, when, when sexual thought, when, when sexual thought or attraction is, is a taboo, um, you're just going to find another way to redirect that, so, mm-hmm. uh, idolatry seems to yeah. be the way to go. <laughs> So he's watching, like, this hollow display of a recording, I guess, of the um, assembly, and there's a person under his desk. Yeah, like, straight up staring at him, uh, like, at crotch level, because uh, that's not creepy at all. Like, no, no. Hi, hi, I, I, I'm going to meet you by sticking my head between your legs and then just staring up at you until you notice me. So this is Hioka, and she is a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> this this is a trope that I'm beginning to see a pattern uh, in anime that you're going to have, like, the weird outcast science person that literally is just about answering that question. Like, they, they come at it from a, a true angle of innocence, but they are so into whatever they're doing that they kind of disobey societal norms. Like, she, she doesn't talk like a normal human being. No, 
No, if if somebody tried to have this conversation with me, I would straight up walk away. And I might even say I need an adult because it, it's it's a little weird and I think I need some assistance here. Like, it gets the point for this character. Like, she wants to find out where babies come from and, like, what uh, how does reproduction work? Because of, like, the society she grows up in, like, there's just this kind of, yeah, two people love each other, but that's not a scientific answer. So she, like, hangs out at a gynecologist and just quizzes people on how she, how they made baby. Yeah, until they ask her to leave. <laughs> yeah, she's banned <laughs> from the premises. Can you imagine a scenario in our actual society where you would get banned from a gynecologist's office? Like, whoa! <laughs> uh, I, I, I love it so much that she is that level of creepy. Like, I, I'm in. I'm in. This is <laughs> This is fun. The vice president shows up to recruit him and crushes her head with, like, a bottle or something. And she's here for is just, like, down in this dude's crotch and is about to say, I think the penis is what does it. Yeah. And remembers, obviously, like, the laws. And is just like, cucumber. Yeah. I think in the, in the English dub, they even say man cucumber, which <laughs> is, is actually even better. You, you have gendered your cucumber now. <laughs> yeah. Gender, gendered fruits and vegetables, folks. That's where we're at. This is the society that this takes place in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so they drag Okuma into like this meeting between the student council, and they're like, you came from a shitty school with low morals, so we want you to tell us what perversion looks like. Or as they say in the uh, Japanese, lasciviousness. Oh, man. Uh, go you, Japanese. Uh, because maybe that you don't have the word perversion, which is... Uh, <laughs> What I also like about the Japanese is, like, they go a step further with, like, how far they kind of distance themselves from, like, saying perversion. Like I say, like, this whole thing is censored, and the Japanese feels much more in the world of the, uh, where the anime takes place, where they kind of use that extra step of thesaurus.com. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of almost want to watch, uh, watch this again in the sub. Just to get the the second half of this. I feel like this can happen a lot in, like, Japanese comedy specifically, because there are some, like, jokes made in anime that are very specific to Japanese wordplay, for example, and they have to they have to bend over backwards for, like, the English dub. This, I, I don't feel it's that extreme, but I think it's a different take on it. So, they explain this whole plan of him, like, showing them what perversion is because he came from a morally reprehensible school. And the vice president is assigned to tell him everything that he needs to know. So, we then cut to a cafe. Yep, uh, and this cafe literally looks like the more rundown version of the coffee shop from Tokyo Ghoul. Like, it feels like the same shop. The attendant is also... Not the attendant. Yeah. I'm sure there's a word for, like, the shopkeep. Yeah. Whatever. If you want to call him shopkeep, that's fine. Also feels like the shopkeep from Tokyo Ghoul. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A little different, but but similar. The reason they are here is so that the vice president can reveal herself as Blue Snow. Yep. Um, And by the way, this is telegraphed pretty hard, like, uh, because they even say it's, it's somebody from amongst the student body, or at least they suspect it is. You get a feeling from the very first moment that you see her, like, oh yeah, this is this is definitely somebody that's going to be in this school. 
that's so morally pure. Yeah, like a bit about that during the meeting is like every time they're talking about her, she is in the foreground. Mm-hmm. Like not the focus, but just kind of like shot into the foreground. Kind of neat. So she like starts cussing up a storm and he's like, oh shit, this is a terrorist and uh, informs the... There is a name for people like this. I guess like barista. I don't know. But he's like owns the place (laughs) he says like yes this woman is a terrorist oh i'm very aware what can i get you (laughs) what what would you like to drink yeah uh so like he's freaking out as he's drinking his green tea that he has ordered and she's just like no i i need you to to help me um do this thing uh you're you're from or actually she mentions his dad at this point doesn't she yeah, so apparently his dad is like a registered criminal of the system. Right, uh, his dad is some kind of uh, offender from, from the weird moral sexual code we got rolling uh, in this. And he's like, yeah, but I'm nothing like my dad. And I aspire to be like Anna, uh, again, the girl that he totally wants to bone down on, but uh, it, he can't express that in that way. So what he's going to do is, is idol worship because it's super weird like that in this society. Yep. I mean, let, let's not be coy. This is this is what this is. Mm-hmm. Then she kidnaps him and ties him to a chair and gets ready to explain her entire plan. Right, because what good terrorist slash supervillain doesn't explain their entire plan to you? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That that's just a thing that has been established since the days of Bond. Okay, um, <laughs> that is what that is how supervillains do. This would make for a really weird James Bond movie. I would watch this James Bond movie, but he would be one of the criminals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just so so we're all aware, because James Bond is is just all about I'm I'm gonna have some sex with some women's. And then I'm just gonna randomly murder some dudes. That's that's a James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with with this kind of like pervert blood running in his veins, and with a name that is part of Japanese folklore that men would pray to to enlarge their testicles, which the English focuses very heavily on. Apparently, uh, Okuma having very large balls. I think I think it's to try to explain to anybody that might not be hip to that. Uh, particular folklore. Like, uh, in the Japanese, you could just say it as, like, a passing reference, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's a thing that we know. But, like, I had no clue that uh, Tanuki was prayed to or whatever to give Japanese men large balls. Um, so, like, it, it was, it was good. I needed that exposition. Uh, there, there's apparently, a, an animal that is avatar of, of nutsacks and large balls, and, uh, he is named after that. So, like, yep. there you go. And now you can never play a Super Mario game without ever just seeing that. Yeah, this is, this is large sacked Mario. Uh, he can fly with his tail. What? Wait, what? <laughs> there are turtles that throw hammers. There's a, a, a nutsack avatar suit uh, that lets you fly. This is a very weird video game is what I'm coming to realize. I just had fun with it when I was a kid. Now, now, now it's looking back. I think I need counseling. So, yeah, they, um, she basically like says, I need you to help me form this group called Socks because the O in it looks like a butthole. And the reason she gives is because he sets up all of her dirty jokes 
They go together like two things that go together in a funny way. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. That didn't quite work. So she does a, <laughs> she literally does a retake. This is my <laughs> favorite. This is my favorite part is that she, she, it's like she was recording. She was like, wait, that joke didn't quite land the way I wanted it to. Let, let me try it again in another way. And Joe, take it away. What was take two? It's it's different in the Japanese, but I, I think in the English, they go together like fisting in a bottle. Uh, I think she says brown eye, but it, 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 <laughs> but it definitely is fisting in a butthole. That is, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very weird. This show is very weird in like the best way. Yeah. So she basically blackmails him and says that he can get, she can get him closer to honor if he helps. And reluctantly, I guess he does. Yeah. For now. We come from Okuma, uh, Okuma being captured to Okuma being captured <laughs> by crazy science lady. <laughs> yep. Just so once again, he, he can explain to her how babies are made and she there's a what's in the box moment as she pulls out her two flies that are body melding. Yeah, they call it body melding, um, but in her obsession to figure out what this is all about, bi- biologically speaking, she has two flies that she's been observing mating. Because that's not creepy, and that's a totally acceptable pastime. The censorship in the scene is fucking awesome, and they do it a lot in this show. Like, in a couple of later episodes, you know, they use, like, sea snakes to say, yes. this is a penis. Oh, man. Th- th- I can't wait to talk about the ending credits. <laughs> <laughs> very good. They are very good. So... Okuma escapes uh, into, like, the boys' bathroom, still tied to a chair, and kind of he overhears uh, boys, like, talking about weird sex myths that make no sense. Like, if you wear a girl's underwear, your dick will fall off. I heard you grow boobs. Oh, no, that's totally true. <laughs> I'm sure you're the expert, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's just science. I mean... So he escapes to a vice president and tells her all of this shit, and she's she uses this as like, well, this is why we need to bring freedom to the masses, because people are so poorly educated. And we get a little background here that her, her dad was, in fact, arrested uh, for the similar kinds of crimes. Well, actually, no, this was earlier. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Her dad was... F- apparently framed for stuffing a uh, high schooler. But that said, uh, he invented this weird little flip phone looking device that will give you three minutes a day that your little uh, neck uh, majigger will not report back to the government. You can say whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, and it's not going to come back and, and report it so that SWAT teams are breaking in on you. Yes. So... That is very important. It, it, that, that is kind of super important, and we totally skipped that step. <laughs> so, okay. So we've got that in play now. Now we understand how she could say all these things or do all these things, and she's not immediately identified and, and brought into custody. So, flash forward. Um, he's talking about the flies that she has in the lab and how she's been videoing them and all that stuff. And <laughs> this immediately peaks Blue Snow's interest. Uh, she's like, "Oh, we can use that. We're gonna we're gonna do something with this." 
Yeah, and there's a big assembly that she says is going to become titillating. Yes. So we flash onto a bunch of lights lighting up onto two balls next to each other because symbolism. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we pan back and we see we're in the auditorium and these these balls are suspended above the audience. And they burst open and they drop a bunch of pictures. Uh, same kind of style pictures that she tossed out in the subway. And people are looking at them, but these are high school students and not full-grown adults. And, like, they're shocked by them, but they're not they are not hating them. It's, it's less like shock and it's more like not understanding what is going on. And I don't know if you picked up on, but, like... The balls disgorge, like, pictures of scantily clad women, mm-hmm. and everyone is picking them up and being like, oh, what is this? Why do I get funny feelings? Including the girls, which is super funny to me. Yeah, um, it, that is definitely a thing. No, I, I totally picked up on that. That's, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that this society is so sexually rep- repressed that any stimulation of any sort, I think this is, Japan as a country at this point is probably bi. They're just so desperately sexual, uh, desperate for, for sexual contact that uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter the source. It's not that you're actually. In this weird dystopian future, let's put that out there. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about actual current Japan. Because Japan is notoriously very sexually repressed. (laughs) I mean, they invented tentacle porn back when samurais existed. So, like, I mean, that's a thing. (laughs) So all of these pictures are dropped, and Anna, the student council president, is immediately like, this is a diversion, let's go find out where Blue Snow is and stop her plot. So all the teachers run out, and then, boy, this scene is weird and also fucking hilarious. Yeah. So apparently she got video of the two flies fucking, and then in the moment is doing voiceover of the flies having sex she's she's straight up doing like the voice work sometimes where they'll record over uh, a a porn scene where they'll have voice actors come in that's a thing uh and and like record particularly for the the woman so that she she's like way more into it like over the top <laughs> and yeah she's narrating these flies mating she adds a story in it's so good. Yeah. The male fly is like rough around the edges like he's a scoundrel and the female is like a pure noble woman. Yeah. You know what? So what, what? What I can tell you is that Blue Snow is fucking banging at improv. <laughs> <laughs> like she's got that game on lock. Mm-hmm. So all this is going on and then we cut to an image of a dam bursting. And then a volcano erupting. Yes, um, this <laughs> is so good because it it reminds me of of a lot of live action movies that don't want to do like the most vulgar thing and just cut to things that make you laugh that make you associate. So yeah, there are so many cut scenes, uh, and then they go back to the students, and then back to the cut scenes of 
just things that make you think of orgasm. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, Spy Hard with uh, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, I sure have. There's the sex scene where they do this exact thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's so good. I want to say, was that Anna <laughs> Nicole Smith that was in there for that? I have no idea. I want to say it was. Oh, man. It was like my wife at one point was a very big Anna Nicole Smith fan uh, because she was a hot damn mess and couldn't stop watching the train wreck. And we even owned the first movie she was ever in. And oh, buddy, um, you you want you want like a random thing that we just put out on the Internet that people listen to? I'm going to have you track down this movie, and we're going to watch and review it. Uh, oh, that is that is a thing. It's it's not porn. I promise you that. Um, but it is it is a thing that I have watched. That is what I will say right now. <laughs> is is it just like she is a attractive woman and is put in films because of attractiveness? Oh no, that that's totally it. That's totally it. I, I honest because I honestly like don't know the name. Oh, really? Uh, she was a Playboy Playmate at one point. Oh, uh, uh, okay. And, I mean, her acting skills are on point with what you would think of when you think Playboy Playmate. Okay. Diversions. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit. I mean, we could just talk about, like, Leslie Nielsen and Spy Hard, but no, we, we picked, like, this Playmate woman to talk about. I know you've got no interest in that, Joe. <laughs> it's fine. Nope. It's fine. She's dead now. It's not interesting to me either. Jesus. <laughs> it was pretty tragic. Sure. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> hey, remember at the beginning when we said we were kind of loopy? <laughs> uh, yep. Here we are. Uh, so, so apparently Blue Snow is in the uh, like the playground, like the track field area. And the teachers run out to see Akuma dressed as Blue Snow with one of like those line painter things, and he's drawn a cog. Uh huh. Which I guess is like cock. So funny. Well, I think that's supposed to be. Is that supposed to be the socks um, symbol? No, it's actually the um, the Marxist thing of uh, stealing the means of production. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it's a very kind of socialism kind of feel to this show. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm good with it. I can get down. <laughs> I yes, I believe that is like the socks logo. And then we get to the ending. <laughs> this is very good. Yes, take take us on home. We're we're almost there. It's so close. Like like I want to pop. I'm almost there. Come on, get get me there. Get me there, Joe. I don't want to now. <laughs> <laughs> So the ending is, it's a very kind of upbeat, like, SOX is repeated, and it's like this weird dance number with phallic imagery throughout. Oh yeah, for, for 100% certain. And we, we kind of get, like, hints of, like, other things, like, there's, like, a mascot kind of character, it kind of darts along to Blue Snow, like, dancing in a towel and then, like, doing jack-off images. Oh yeah, Th that's 100%. Yeah. That's the ending. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to point out that I forgot to do until now is the music in the whole episode, like, I just picked it out because it's very different to a lot of other shows. Like, there isn't, there isn't like, an instrumental piece. There's yeah. continually, like, this kind of really energetic like, singing, and 
it just sounds like they had a lot of fun like making the music for the show and it really like comes through you you know what though um i i love it so much and here's why um blue snow and i think eventually tanuki um have a really upbeat positive attitude about sexuality and i think that's why i like this show so much better than i liked prison school is that in prison school it was all like non-consensual and it was gross because it was like ooh, just no like i i'm not down for that that end of things but like this show was like super sex positive like the rebels are the are the sex positivity people and they're fighting fighting the rebellion for sex positivity and i am that dude like (laughs) i am so in on that and even in just like character designs like there was a huge difference between prison school and this right yeah there, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of cheesecake like except like there were fleeting glances and there there there's hints at it like where the the terrorism's going out uh but i mean she's doing it for the point of a sexual revolution the point i was going to make on like um character designs like prison school is just inherently gross but in this they make attractive characters but that is not the entire focus of their being in fact it's almost played off of the opposite of that Yes, I would agree. I mean, yeah, um, they don't, they're not camera angles meant to, to exploit body parts in this episode, uh, or anything like that. There's not long drawn out setups to get like weird fetish things into, in, you know, if that's your fetish, go for it. But like, like forced rapey fetish things is not, not real cool with me, prison school. But you know what? Uh, this show was, like, super sex positive in, like, a good way. Like, they didn't go down that negative path that, that you can. And and so often you see happen in anime, as far as I've experienced, is that, like, when you're going a route where, where you're exploring sexuality in any way, it, it's a negative experience because the women are often victims. I mean, prison school flipped the script a little bit where the, the men seem to be more the victim than the women because it's like a very uh, woman-dom situation. Mm, I I would disagree with that. Oh? In prison school, like, putting women in position of power and then everything that happens to every woman in that show feels like entirely counter to, like, the power. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That show made me feel a lot of ways about a lot of things, and uh, it was... None of them were good, and I didn't like that. I, no, it was bad. Let's not do that anymore. Like, one one, one and done there. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. This show, in terms of comedy, like, again, humor is subjective. We talked a lot about that, but a lot of the jokes really landed for me. Oh, yeah. And... Not not just the ones that are just like, here is a woman saying cockadoodle pussy. I'm sure we drink every time we say that because it's just funny. But like there's so many like little background jokes and editing, like the censorship stuff that is just so fucking hilarious. No, no, it was it was very well done. It was well done on a lot of fronts. Like this is the first time I've seen an anime engage with sexuality. Uh, in any way where it wasn't 
a negative experience for me. Like, I wasn't like, you could do better. Because they weren't trying to be sexy for sexy's sake. They were trying to do, like, a a dumb teenager's sex romp style comedy. And they did it in a fantastic way. And they did it with a premise that was kind of new. So, Shimana pretty good yeah uh, i i would recommend this this is on the travis recommend list watch this you will enjoy it if you're anything like me that is to say a heading towards 40 uh vice driven uh shit bag <laughs> there we go so we should talk about what we're doing next time next time on wtf anime so next time we have a guest Ooh. Who, pray tell? Next week, we're going to have uh, Danielle Jones at Penin underscore Inc. Um, and it's been a while, so we're going to talk about some slice of life bullshit. Uh. And the people involved in it are magical and female. So it's magical girl slice of life bullshit. You could say this is Travis's worst nightmare. It is my hell. <laughs> Welcome to my hell. So, next episode, we're going to be talking about Flying Witch, episode six. Hooray, boo! <laughs> okay, look, I get that you hate the anime, but, like, Danielle's cool. No, I, no, I love Danielle. <laughs> There's no hate on Danielle. That wasn't a boo for her. That said, we ought to get on to Bidness, uh, my good sir. So, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, we are at WTF Anime Show. And if you want to email us, you can hit us up, wtfanimeshow at gmail.com. Use both those avenues to send us recommendations or apply to be a guest. We have some returning guests planned. I'm very excited for them. But we are always looking for new guests. And if you would like to get at me on Twitter, I am at the Joe Hadfield. Follow me for all of the stuff where I tweet about podcasts and role playing mostly. Uh, that's true. That is pretty much 100% your feed. Also, call to action, even though I'm pretty sure most of the people that listen to this show already listen to it, go and listen to Cool Kids Table Synchronox because it's the best thing ever and it's Magical Girls. And there's a bunch of previous guests on that show doing magical girl roleplay. It's very fucking good. Travis, where can they find you on Twitter? Oh, to, to talk to me, uh, you're going to get at me at Dice Lobber. D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And um, again, I do not run the WTF handle, so if you're trying to talk to the both of us and you're hitting the WTF anime show, you gotta hit me too, or else I am literally not aware of the conversation. And that said, uh, I guess, you know what? I'm going to end this show with, uh, with the battle cry of Cockadoodle Pussy. Cockadoodle Pussy. Bye! Fucking love Jeremy. So do I. Like, you hired him to choose scenes so hard. That is what he does. <laughs> like, he just chews up the scenery. That's, that is what Jeremy Irons does. And he does it so well that I can't hate him for it. <laughs>
<laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> like the Dungeons and Dragons movie is a is a weird like experiment in like someone who's overacting and super underacting. When you get Jeremy Irons and whatever whoever played the Queen, yes, 100%. very good. Like it's a shit movie with Richard O'Brien in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we t- tangented off into the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> you never know where we're going to go. We roll dice, and there's a big chart that you guys don't know about, and then we just tangent on it. <laughs> yeah, I have 17 separate dartboards because I'm a fucking serial killer. That dude is fucked up, okay? <laughs> he is on a watch list somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>